Good evening. I always like how <clears throat> Peter says he's writing this so he can stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. I hope we can have our pure minds stirred up. It's easy to get our old minds stirred up. That don't take much, does it? We'll get riled right up. Boy, if the Lord moves and breathes on us and our pure mind is stirred up, that's why we're here. It's all going to burn. And, and as we'll see what our poor brother Thomas went through in this scripture we're going to look at tonight, ain't nothing more important than what we're doing right now. And if, if we come here to get a warm fuzzy or we come here to have some much-needed relief or this is what we do on Wednesdays, God help us. We can come to learn something of our Lord and worship Him. That'll be a benefit to God's people, won't it? Let's turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. I have a unique title. I think it'll make, make good sense by the end of it. From but to and. From but to and. Only God can do that. I hope we remember this. This, this might be real, real beneficial to us, both a blessing and, and, and instructive. We're going to look at 11 verses here, verses 19 through 29. And in the 11 verses, John records what takes place in two church services. This is, this is probably the first two church services after the ascension or uh, the resurrection of our Lord. If we got any business needs took care of, we can learn it from this. If there's anything that we need to know how to do, we can learn it from this. If God's going to save sinners, this is going to be how he does it. If he's going to comfort his sheep, he's heading up the services. <laughs> he, he said, I'm going to do the first two. Y'all watch it. That's what, that's what we're going to read here. This is interesting. But look down first at verse 30. There's some sharp arrows in this text. I'm, I apologize, but I know they're sharp arrows. Do you know how I know that the arrows? I, I preach per adventure. I don't know who's going to show up here tonight, but the Lord does. And I know that the arrows that may be in this text may be sharp. And you know how I know that? I've been shot by them arrows. I have personal experience with these arrows. I've been hit by them. And so if the Lord hits some of his people, it's going to sting, but you'll be all right. <laughs> It's his arrows. You'll be fine. You're his. It's fine. Verse 30 says, Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written. What we're, what we're getting ready to look at, it said, These are written. Verse 31, John 20. These are written that ye, who's that? You. Me. That ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. You mean through these 11 verses the Lord might save some folks and give you life through his name? If he's pleased to do so, he will. And I pray he is. I pray he'll be with us tonight and breathe on us tonight. The Lord had put it into the hearts of his disciples. Remember, he had went to Calvary. And, and, and John and Joseph had come and, and anointed the body and put it in Joseph's tomb. They'd sealed it. And then three days later, 
it was opened. An angel was sitting there. Mary came, just saw the stone move, didn't see nothing else. Ran back, got Peter and John. They come running. John beat him there but didn't go in. Peter finally showed up, went all the way in. They saw those, those linen clothes exactly where they were supposed to be. Appointed is the word. There was no struggle. This, this wasn't done in haste. The king left at the appropriate time, right on time. And they went back home, and then Mary started peeking in. And she saw those two angels, one, on, one at the head and one at the foot, just like that mercy seat. Christ, our mercy seat, had been accepted. And she turned around, and there he was. He said, now you go tell the, your brothers and your sisters, I'm going to meet them in Galilee. Now go on. And so she did, and they're met up. He gathered them together. He had put it in their hearts and drew them together, and, and he was in the midst of them. We, this is thrown around. Uh, I, the Lord said, Lo, I'm with you always. He's always with his people. I said, Well, we're two or three are gathered. We take that as if, if I can just get somebody else with me, we can get him here. That is not the context of what Matthew 18 is talking about. That's when a brother's done something wrong. You go talk to him one on one. And if they won't hear you, then you go with two or three. And if they won't hear you, then you take them in front of the, the, the church. You know, if they're preaching a heresy or something. And the Lord said, Now, when are you doing this? If there's two or three of you together, I'm going to be with you. And that ain't about conflict resolution and church punishment. That's when this old man's fighting this new man. He ain't left me to myself. That's good news. That's good news. But he's with them. He's there with them. What a thought. What a thought. If I said that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be at Tractor Supply over across the street tomorrow at noon, where would we be? Well, I got an appointment in and outs right down the road I get something to eat just where he's at what did he say to his these brothers and sisters of ours look here in verse 19 John 20 verse 19 the same day at evening being the first day of the week this is the day after the Sabbath this is Sunday Christ our Sabbath was with them when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews they closed the door and locked them came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. They locked the doors, and he was there anyway. Growing up, I had a lot of friends said, The Lord's knocking on your heart. Won't you let him in? He is the door. He's in there. He goes where he wants. He's God. He gathered these people there, and he was in the midst of them. And he came to him and he said, peace unto you. Peace unto you. Do you see what, what picture we're painting here? You all come here tonight. The Lord put it in your heart to come here. The Lord be with us. And he's going to speak peace. Peace. Why do we need to hear the word peace? Why do we have to have peace sent to us? Why did they need peace? They weren't at peace. They weren't. <laughs> Been a long weekend. Been a rough weekend, hadn't it? They were locked up in that room for fear of the Jews. That's one reason they weren't at peace, right? They had the door locked. That's why they come. They just they just crucified the Lord. What do they think they're going to do to you? You talk about a tough government. Fear that'd make you uneasy, wasn't it? But they had just watched their Lord be crucified, and they didn't understand what and all was happening and they knew what he'd said but it hadn't sunk in yet the Lord hadn't revealed it to them yet and, and they saw him give up the ghost and they may have saw him laid in that tomb and they saw him anointed and they 
they'd heard the report of Mary and Peter and John and about the, the linens and that appointed place, and they'd heard all those things, and it just troubled them. They weren't at peace. I wouldn't have been at peace either. You don't look down on them and say, well, them poor little fellows, they just didn't know no better. I wouldn't have known no better either. <laughs> I'd have been tore all to pieces. They were troubled. They were troubled. But in this church service, in this recorded church service, the Lord's with them, and he speaks to them, and he says, peace unto you. Peace. Calm down. Peace. You know only he can make that effectual. You know what effectual means? That means it gets the job done. If he says peace, there'll be peace. It's a command. I can say it, and it, it's, one, it's one thing for me to say it and say it and say it. It's another thing to have it. It's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing to possess it, and only he can do that. He must speak it. Now, he's going to do that through somebody that had peace spoke to him, standing up on her hind two legs and telling you about Christ our peace. <laughs> That's how he's going to do it. But only he can do that. How can we know that we need peace? And at the same time, how can we know that we rightly have it? Peace is handy. That'd be a good insurance policy, but I'm doing okay. That's how most of the world is, isn't it? Well, I, I need to check that block before it's like buying life insurance. Well, I have, a, I have a heaven insurance policy. I've heard people say that. That's terrible. You have no need. You have no idea that you need peace. And you have no idea that it's right. If you know that you need peace, you're going to have to make sure this peace, peace is legitimate. This, this is... Without air, this is up and up. This is important. How are we going to know that? You know, in one action, we can know both of those. We can know that we need peace, and we can know that peace is right, that it's holy, that it's just peace that we're given. Look here at verse 20. And when he said so, he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. He showed his hands. Am I digging too deep on that one? No, I'm not. We have to be shown our need. We think everything's okay in our father Adam. We think we got a good handle on this gospel business. Till God saves us and shows us his hand. What hand does it show us? Same one he showed Nebuchadnezzar's boy. Remember Belshazzar's down there? They had a big drunken party and they went and got the things out of the temple. And, the, and they saw, what they see writing on the wall? A hand. Whose hand was that? That was God's hand. And it was writing on the wall, and it said something, and, and Daniel came down to interpret it. And he said, I'll tell you what's written on this wall. Meany, meany, tekel, upsharian. That's interpretation meaning, meany, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Everything you have, everything I have, everything, everything that's ever set before me in my life and providence, God came to me, and I realized he's sovereign, and he had set those things. I'm not doing so much changes his mind. I can persuade and, and maybe I can get the upper hand on or I can figure out. He's God. He's a holy God and he's a sovereign God. And that next thing interpreted was tekel. Thou art weighed into balances and thou art found wanting. That hand of God comes to us and reveals to us we've been weighed into balances and we ain't worth nothing. We can't make payment. We can't do it. We're in need. We're wanting. We've sinned against a holy God. And thy kingdom's divided and given to the Medes and Persians. You might as well just chop me up and throw me the enemy. I ain't nothing but dog food. That's the first time we see that hand. If we haven't seen that hand, we have not seen the second one. We have no need for the second one. We may have heard about it or read a book about it, but we have no need for it. There ain't no war yet that's been established that he can declare peace for. 
He shows us that hand. We ain't nothing, and we're in trouble. I don't mean this is kind of bad. I mean this is terrifying. It'll consume your life trouble. We're in trouble. We're not at peace. We're found wanting. We're born of Adam. We're nothing but sin. But God provided himself a lamb. Something had to die. If there, if there, without blood, there's no remission of sin. And my blood ain't worth nothing. It's already been weighed. So he provided himself. And all the work of these hands, these two hands right here, either, either in, in thought or in deed, everything I've done has been evil. And it's committed against God and him only. Either in commission or omission, you can get you a magnifying glass and, and set on that scale and be found wanting and divide that into how many little tiny pieces you want to. Name it what you want. Death. That's what it's called. And because of my hands and everything I did, he took it in his hands. And his hands were nailed to a cross. And he, and he took care of all of it. He bore the wrath of God, turned his back on God because of me. Because he was right in the first time he wrote with that hand on the wall. I needed him. I wasn't at peace. He's the only one that can make it because I can't make peace. And nobody else can make peace. And mommy and daddy can't make peace. Grandma and grandpa can't make peace. Only he can. Said in Psalm 103, He hath not dealt with us after our sin, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above earth, so great is his mercy toward us that fear him. This is mercy that's took place. Grace is coming to us. That's how this peace came. As far as the east is from the west, west so far he has removed our transgressions from us. How? How did him, his hands being pierced remove our sins? Paul said, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, blotting out the handwritings of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. If, we've ever, if, if the Lord ever comes to us and shows us that first hand that we've been waiting to balance us, we're going to need to see that second hand that he took care of it, that he was pierced for us. That's another thing I heard growing up a whole bunch, in the, in the buckle of the Bible belt. That whole belt's nothing but buckles. <laughs> but that's, he has no, God has no hands but your hands. My Lord has hands, and I want to see them. I have to. I have to know this is legitimate. I have to know that he did it. He did it. He showed them his hands. Verse 20 says, and he, when he had said so, when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Remember that side? He, that, that Roman soldier come by with a spear just to see if he is dead, if he'd wiggle. And he pierced him. He pierced him. Water and blood come out. Water and blood come out. Now, people can argue that, and they can get scientific on it, just with the hands. I've heard folks, well, it went through here instead of here. I'll tell you when I get to glory. Did it go through? <laughs> Was it for me? That's what I need to know. What about that side? They pierced him, water, blood come out. You know how I know that happened? Because God said it did. That's good enough for me. What come out? Two things, wasn't it? Machpelah. That's where Jacob was buried. It means both. Doesn't it? Double, double. When the Lord said, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God, speak ye comfortably. Speak to the hearts of Jerusalem. Lord, I can't, but you can. 
I'll tell you it anyway. Cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, her iniquities pardoned, she's received of the Lord's hand, Machpelah, double. Am I broke even? You got double. You got double. You got purchased by the blood. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. You are a purchased possession. He, his hands was pierced for us to cover that sin, to bear the punishment, and his blood was shed, and he bought us. And then we're washed with water, made holy, holy, set apart, sanctified, clean, unable to sin right then and forever because Christ is our sanctification. Made holy, unreprovable before him in love, aren't we? There in Acts 20, it says, He hath purchased us with his blood. We're bought. We're bought. Paul listed a whole bunch of sins over in 1 Corinthians 6. A bunch of bad things, wasn't it? And, and it's easy to start reading it. You start nodding. Like, yep, that's bad. Oh, that's real bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He says, and such were some of you. Yeah, that's right too, Paul. That you're washed. That's what you were. That's when the Lord came to you. You used enemies with him. You saw you was waiting to bounce. You found wanting. But he washed you. You're washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by, here's the means, the Spirit of our God. In Christ you are washed. In Christ you're sanctified. And that was by the Spirit of God coming and revealing this to you. In, in, in time past and present time and time to come. John 13 says, Peter came to him, the Lord was washing their feet. And Peter said, you're never going to wash my feet. He knew so well, didn't he? And Jesus answered, if I wash thee not, you have no part with me. If I don't do the washing, man wants to wash himself. Don't I clean up. You ain't going to wash my feet. I'll wash my own feet. I'm going to blot out them own uh, curse words on the TV. I'll get a device that bleeps them for me or whatever. <laughs> I ain't going to do I ain't going down that pool hall no more. And I'm going to quit smoking and pick something. Man thinks he can wash himself. That's taking God's job. That's taking God's glory. He said, I got to wash you, Peter. I got to. And Peter said, the Lord said, if I don't want to do the washing, you ain't part of me. And Peter said, wash my head, my hands, my feet, wash the whole up. He said, you'll wash, Peter. Calm down. Now, I'm showing you this because you're going to have to cover up some sins. Your brethren's going to have to. And that's why he told them to wash each other's feet. There's a lot of bad things going on that I do that everybody else does. Well, let's not talk about that. But, but I need to know. No, you don't. You need to see them hands scarred. We need to see his side and know that we're bought with a price and we're washed. He did the washing. That's what we need. We need Christ, don't we? Instead of a good history lesson on bad things that people did, we need Christ. What's taking place in this first church service? We're going to get to the second one here in a minute. I'll try to go as quick as I can. That's what's happening. That's what the Lord's preaching. Come here, look. Look here. He showed them, didn't he? He showed him. Rock of ages, cleft for me. That's what that, that real old 38-year-old fella, Augustus Top Lady wrote a long time ago. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in, in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the Machpelah cure, the double cure. Save from wrath by me and make me pure. That's what has to happen. The Lord came to where his people were. He didn't come to everybody in that place. He didn't come to all Jerusalem. He didn't come to the Middle East. He didn't come to that uh, Europe or Africa or anywhere. He came to his people. He came to them. 
He gathered there and he came to him, his people, and he spoke peace to him and he showed them his hands. He said, I've borne your griefs, I've borne your sorrows. And he showed them his side. We've been bought with a price, made holy forever. Well, we don't feel like it, do we? Don't look like it on the outside or the inside, does it? God says so. He said, don't you call something unclean? I've called clean, Peter. He said so. It don't matter if I feel it or I think so. It matters what he says. He came to him, and that's why he preached to him, didn't he? How does that make a scared, frail group of believers that are hiding? They're hiding out, locked in a room somewhere. How does that make them feel? Feelings are involved. The, the, the Lord saves in the heart, and it, it's got to go through the head. We've got to know something, understand something. And there will be an emotional response to that. I look people in the eye. We're in a people business. And, and, and I'm not a fool enough. I lost somebody, and I see if the Lord's dealing with somebody and, and encouraging them or hurting them, and, or, or, or I'm up here, might as well be quoting Seinfeld lyrics or something, <laughs> giving you tax code. The Lord spoke to them, didn't he? How did they feel? Look at verse 19 again. And the same day at evening, beginning the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then they were, they were not at peace. They were tore all to pieces. They were having a real bad week. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. They were glad. They were glad. Don't that make, don't that make you happy? If he, if he come to us and he spoke to us and he showed us his, his scars and he showed us his side and he said, peace, peace, wouldn't you be happy? The God of all peace and comfort standing there looking his people in the eye, talks into their ears and says, peace unto you, peace. They thought he was dead. They didn't know what happened to the body. If they moved it, if he'd left, well, they saw that linen and they just tore all to pieces. They were just confused. He's not the God of confusion. He's the God of peace. He says, peace. They were glad. That, made, that turned frowns upside down. <laughs> David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That's where they are. Isn't that? Well, this is the Lord's day. Every day is the Lord's day. <laughs> well, this is God's house. Well, this is a brick and mortar building. He owns it. But if we was in a tent outside, that would be God's house too. I was glad when they said, we're going to get with his people and Christ is going to be revealed to us and he's going to speak peace to our hearts. That makes me happy. I'm glad to do that. And David went on and said, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Our Lord was standing. It said he stood in the midst of them. Well, how are we going to stand? We stand in him. I had a bunch of songs in here today. I hope it works good for you. Sometimes the men sit on these things for a long time and they can write songs and I can't. So they do a good job at it. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean, completely lean on his name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground sink in sand. That wasn't enough, so I said it again. All other ground sink in sand, everything. In every Rough and stormy gale. My anchor holds within the veil. You don't see an anchor when it's set down in the water. Do you know that? You can dive an anchor, but when you're on a boat, you don't see the anchor. But it's set in him. 
within the veil, when all around my soul gives way, when I'm absolutely distraught and tossed at sea, he then, just like when it says the disciples, then they were glad. When we're tore all to pieces and he speaks peace and he reveals himself, he then is all my hope and stay. If we ain't got no problems, problems are coming, either in this life or eternity. Lord chastens his children. He's a good father, isn't he? Lord does something else in this church service. Look here in verse 21. <clears throat> and said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. He said, Peace, now I'm going to send you out. You go in all the world, preach the gospel, every creature, and you baptize them as they believe, and you, you, you teach them. All my commandments. You go teach them some things. And they ain't going to want to be taught, but you teach them anyway. And they ain't going to want it. You come in and tell them that. He said, you take charge over them. Not just ask pretty please if you can. He said, go teach them. And that's going to be hard. Because I'm a person other people's people too. People don't like that. I don't like it. The Lord's going to have to do something with it, isn't he? He said, even as the Father has sent me, so I sent you. Barnard had a hard message, man. Everybody liked him. I wouldn't have said on that fellow. He said, how do you fare? How are we holding up? How do we measure up? God's made us kings and priests. He made you a priest when he saved you. Now, he, it ain't none of my business how he does with his own and what he does with them. That ain't my business. But how we measure up? If he's made us, made us a priest to go out and preach this gospel, how are we doing? Supporting the work and everything else. Well, that crushed me. I preached three times a week, and that crushed me, didn't it? That was hard. I, I can't if I if I'm left to myself in this business, I'm in trouble. Boy, ain't you glad there's verse twenty-two? And when he had said this, he breathed on them. <sighs> or slow. I don't know how he did it. I don't care how he does it. I want to breathe on me. He breathed on them, and he said unto them, "Receive ye the Holy Ghost." You can't be by yourself. You ain't going to make it. And he said, I have to die. The comforter won't come. And so he sent the Holy Ghost to him. He said, receive him. Receive the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they're remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they're retained. People take that and run with it all they want, and it's nonsense. You go preach this gospel, and if the Lord does a saving, they're saved. And if he ain't going to save them, ain't nobody can save them. You just go preach it. He breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. This is the Holy Ghost moving like a wind, wouldn't it? John recorded that back in, three, in John 3 when Nicodemus came to the Lord. And they said, the, the, just as the wind blows where it lists it, you can't tell where it's going and you can't control it. You don't even hear where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. He said, so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. When the Lord comes and speaks, when this gospel is preached, I don't know what he's doing. I have people thank me for stuff I don't even remember saying. <laughs> I don't know. And so I, that, you know what happened this week to me? No, I didn't. He does. He knows. He ain't going to fail. It gives me confidence. And they were there. They were there. And it happened to the ones that weren't there. You all here. <laughs> this is God the Holy Ghost coming to them, convicting them of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, and that's the comforter. That's the comforter. Do you need comfort? Do you need peace? Well, the Holy Ghost is going to have to come and reveal Christ to us and show us his hands and his side. Show us what's been done. 
That's what the Lord told us. He said, when that comforter comes, spirit of truth's come, he'll guide you all truth, and he shall not speak of himself. We're not going to come down here and get the Holy Ghost, start pew jumping and wave our hands all through the air. So he shall glorify me. He shall glorify me. And that's a command. Lord said, receive that. <laughs> receive it. Just like that cup. If I pour water in it, it's going to receive it. If he talks to us earthen vessels that he's made, his workmanship, we're going to receive it. We'll be glorified. He'll glorify himself in our hearts. I said this before. A friend of mine had told me, uh, I asked him how a conference went, and he said, buddy, it was, it was really good. He said, you can go listen. He said, but boy, you should have been there when the Spirit was there. I would have liked to have been there when that spirit was there, when the Lord breathed his spirit onto them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. What do you think's happening tonight? What do you think's happening right now? Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew that I may love the way you love and do what you do. Verse 24. That's what, that's what took place. This was the first church service, wasn't it? Lord came down and preached Christ to them. Wasn't fancy. It was good because he did it. Verse 24, but Thomas. Does that say and Thomas? It don't say and Thomas. It says but Thomas. But Thomas, that unbelieving no good. No, that's not what it says either. But Thomas, one of the twelve. This is one of the apostles called Didymus, that was his Greek name, was not with them when Jesus came. The disciples, when they were there, were full of fear. They were full of unease when they met, angst, probably anger, and they're part arguing. Well, you saw this. Well, I saw that. Well, I think. Here's what I think. Uh, that's bad. If, I, if I'm telling what I think, we're all in trouble. <laughs> disciples were there. They were uneasy when they met. And the Lord comforted him. And his hands and his, his side, they were declared. It wasn't up for debate. It wasn't positioned that, well, now here's a point of view. No, it wasn't. It was just laid out there. And they rejoiced in it. And the Holy Spirit was breathed into them. But Thomas wasn't there. He was just tore up as they was. He's a man of like passions as they were, weren't he? He knew what was going on. But he wasn't there. Well, he was doing something important. I thought all week, what would be more important than being there when God breathed on his people? I mean it. Like I was thinking, like, well, what if, his, what if his dad was dying? 2,000 years later, what's that matter? Well, if he had to file taxes, when I hit, there's a deadline. The government's, you see the government's rough. There's absolutely no one and nothing that would have been more important than being there. Well, I could have died going there. You could die from not going there. Ain't that the truth? Well, my family's down there, and they won't come, so I had to sit down there with them. They can go to hell all by themselves. Ain't nothing more important than being there. Absolutely nothing. What did having that fear that the other apostles had and having that angst and that, that uh, not having peace, anything, you just pick a word, it's opposite of peace, Thomas had that just like they had it. But, but waiting that whole week and, and not being there and missing Christ, not missing the message, not missing the singing, not missing worshiping the holy God and creator of, of heaven above that owns the windows of heaven and churchy, churchy words, words. 
Not that. Missing Christ and having him speak to their hearts. What did that result in? Verse 25. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, they came to where Thomas was. How? I don't know. They bumped into him in town or something. And they said, we've seen the Lord. We've seen him, Thomas. But he said unto them, except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. That's the opposite of faith, isn't it? That's unbelief. That's anger. That's demanding signs. The Lord told them Pharisees. That's different between uh, child of God, your sonship. He said, I demand a sign. That's what them Pharisees and the Lord said, you ain't getting no sign but Jonah. He'd been in the belly of the ground three days and now he's risen, hadn't he? But Thomas had missed out. He missed one, one church service. And he was more tore up, wasn't he? And now he's angry. Now he's bitter. Now he's attacking his brethren. Mm. 49 months. That's how long we've been doing this. Did you know that? Been here 49 months. 4.3 weeks in a month, but who's counting hairs, right? I multiplied that out. Bob, you're responsible for about 100 of them, but five or 636 messages have been preached from this pulpit since we showed up in 2020. 636 messages. What if we miss just one a month? That's 49 messages. What if we miss just Wednesdays? Y'all here on Wednesdays. Small group of us, and you're faithful to be here, but i got to preach what a gold gives me. <laughs> Maybe somebody will hear this from in another state or something. I don't know. What if we? My, my pastor said that one time. He said, I've been preaching here 10 years. He said, what if you just miss Thursday nights? That's 520 messages you missed. Do you think God would have breathed on you in 520 messages? Buddy. But physically being there don't mean everything. You can be in the right right building with the right preacher, with the best preacher that this nation's ever seen, and if God ain't breathing on you, it don't make a difference. How many times have we been in a worship service and not been there? How many times have we showed up to church and not been there? How many times have we been through a message and not been there? How many times have I preached a message and couldn't remember the last five sentences I've said? That's shameful, isn't it? Thomas missed a week. David missed several months. I missed a year and a half one time. I could have either missed out of prison or I could have went to one and spent the next year and a half in prison. <laughs> I was contractually bound. It was absolute misery. Absolute misery. Mm. It says in verse 26, And after eight days... Again, his disciples were within. You think that was a long week for Thomas? He was already tore all to pieces, and that evening they talked to him, he just barked right back at them. How do you think the next six days went? Terrible. Terrible, wasn't it? And after eight days again, his disciples were within. They're gathered back together, weren't they? But Thomas with them. That ain't what it says. And Thomas. And Thomas. And Thomas, not but Thomas. Did he come around to his senses? Did he decide to put Jesus first? Did he see a bumper sticker that says he is the alligator eating one way, that greater than, less than sign always got me, and I'm good at math. He's greater than I, lowercase. Did a bumper sticker get him? And he decided, you know what, I'm just going to be more diligent and disciplined in my life and have a better routine. 
the Lord talked to Israel in Hosea 14. He says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God. That means they weren't with the Lord thy God. They had left him. For thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Sin's got a hold of you. Unbelief's got a hold of you. Well, how are they going to get back? Hosea 14, 4. I will heal, heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. Will they heal their backsliding? Will they love the Lord more and then start attending more? He said, I'll do it. I'll heal their backsliding. I'll love them freely for mine anger is turned away from him. Because of those wounded hands, because of that wounded side, the Lord said, I've loved you freely. And I'm just going to, with loving kindness, allure her. That's how he says it begin, Hosea. I'm going to head you up. I'm going to put thorn bushes on either side of you and you'll think it's all you walking, but it ain't you walking. I'm guiding you right where I want you. And you're going to come right to me and I'm going to meet you there where I put you. That's grace. It's a good thing, isn't it? It went from a but to an and. But Thomas. But Thomas wasn't there. And then and Thomas. And Thomas is there. You know, the same thing happened to Ruth. Same thing happened to Ruth. She told Naomi, her mother-in-law, she said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. It's an and. We're together. There's unity. And where there are lodges, I'll lodge. If you're sleeping over there, that's where I'm sleeping. And thy people shall be my people. I'm with you. It's not your country, and then I got another country. We're together. And thy God, my God. We're family. It's an and. Where, where thou diest, I will die. And wherever they put you in the ground, where you're buried, Naomi, I'm going to be buried right next to you. The Lord do so to me, and more so, if all but death part me in thee. If anything but death tears us apart, it's and. We're stuck together. Because Christ has brought us together and we're stuck to him. That's why he sticks closer than a brother. And if we're stuck to him, we're going to be stuck together, ain't we? That's just so. That's what happened to each of us, wasn't it? And it's going to happen and keep happening until that last child is stuck on. <laughs> until it's made, it went from a butt to an and. And then we get to go home. If we ain't already there. Verse 26. And after eight days, again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Just like Paul says, if they went, Paul went with them. If they came, Paul came with them. Which if he's coming or going, he was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. And then he saith, to Thomas. Thomas didn't say nothing. Did Thomas get up and give his rebuttals and his opinion? Well, here's what it was. The causality of it. He didn't say nothing. The Lord came in and said, peace. And then he declared the same thing he declared the last church service. Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Come here, Thomas. Now you got to feel them. You're going to feel them. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. Thomas said, unless I thrust it in. He didn't say, unless I put it in. He said, unless I thrust it in. The Lord said, come here and thrust away. Thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. He commanded him. All that was was unbelief, Thomas. Now you believe me. You believe. Hmm. What took place at that first church service and what took place in this church service right here? Peace was declared. The gospel is not debated or presented or shared. I ain't sharing nothing. I'm declaring it. Because of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, our God, what he did, who he is, where he is now. 
That's it. <laughs> this is the Lord's doing. <laughs> Nobody's popped up. Nobody's said nothing. This is his choosing. This is his means. Verse 28, Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. As he just kind of fumbling with words and he didn't really know what to say. So he hey, you got to say something, right? No. The Lord Jesus Christ is everyone's God. Does that settle with us good? Uh, people can say it's Allah. You can think whatever you You can think uh, your God's a tree out back. Uh, it don't matter. He's ruling and reigning over everything. He makes it rain on the just and the unjust. He makes their broccoli grow just like broccoli for me grows. He's God overall. But Thomas said, you're my Lord. You're my Lord. You're, you're the king, and I'm a servant. I'm in your kingdom. You're, you're not just God. You're my Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they which are not seen and yet have believed. That's something. These men <clears throat> that attended this first church service and the door was locked. I was going to tell us three services. <laughs> the, the first one, the door was locked, but Thomas wasn't there. Then they met again and the door was locked and Thomas was there. The Lord's message was the same. And you know where they went after this? Into the temple and into the synagogues. They went out, there wasn't no locks. They went bold faced to them after the Spirit of God was breathed into them. And you know what they preached? His wounded hands, that handwriting on the wall. He's wounded for us. His side pierced for us. We're bought with a price. Our sins are forgiven and we're washed clean. Nothing changed, was it? And over half of them was crucified. The other half was stoned and John was exiled. <laughs> Died alone. Why did the Lord record all this stuff? Verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written. What he just wrote is written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ. This is him, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. The Lord said, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. He brought him there. He revealed himself to him, didn't he? He said, open thy mouth wide and I'll fill it. If you're hungry for peace and mercy and all those things, he said, open up, I'll fill it. And I thought of that ark. Noah building it, Noah working on it, Noah loading those animals up. Lord, Lord's the one that closed the door, wasn't it? Noah didn't close that door. God closed that door, and he pitched it within without. How long is that door going to be open? Right now, how long is the ark, the door to this ark going to be open? I don't know. No man knows. But I can tell you for sure right now, it's open. Ten minutes from now, I don't know. But I can tell you right now, it's open. Come to him. Come to see his hands. See his side. I pray as a blessing to you. Let's pray together. Father, be in our midst. Send your spirit. Breathe on us. Speak peace to the hearts of your people because... Our Lord and our God, our great Redeemer was nailed for us to his cross. He was side was pierced, he was buried for us. He's risen for us and he intercedes for us. Make us glad for these things, Lord. Give our give our hearts contentment. Make us thankful and steady. 
because of our Lord and our God. So make us important to every one of your people as you promised you will. And make us diligent. Make us faithful servants. We're so unfaithful. and Make us profitable, Lord. It's because of Christ we ask it. Amen.